Last time on Knights of the Rolled Table, the team continued to infiltrate Lord Malkadoth's inner sanctum against constant warnings from Minister of Operations John Fletcher to turn back. They encountered a mysterious portal room where the construct who refers to itself as Voop-Dee-Doo-2 was working on another portal and escaped once again, leaving the empty portal behind. On the other side of the chamber, a magnificent treasure room of many magic items existed and gravely gathered many into a magic bag. Finally, in the final chamber, the image of John Fletcher implored them that if they chose to cross the threshold, not everyone would be coming back. One by one, each team member and Riggs crossed the threshold. A six-sided dice was rolled with one number corresponding to each occupant of the chamber. The number that rolled out was three. Gravely's number. Let's do this then. So we have rolled initiative. This room, relatively large. There's room to move around. Jonathan Fletcher is standing right in the middle of the room. Based on where he's standing, what you're looking at, he's in, there's a roughly a foot of fog kind of covering this room. And you're still all in the outer chamber where the door just opened, but that fog is starting to fill in where you are. So it's kind of like rolling in and covering your feet. So the first thing that happens, you're looking right at Jonathan Fletcher. He doesn't seem to do anything or indicate anything that uh, that he is doing this. But you all hear a uh, strong suggestion within your mind that says, Stand and face the wall. Everybody make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> Things are happening. 11. Nat 20, so 27. And I got a 15. Gravely got a 13. And oh, Gargamel dang. rolled another three. Gargamel is what you're calling the gargoyle? Yep. I don't know if a gargoyle can be suggested. Everybody below a 15 feels compelled to suddenly just like turn around and stand in the corner like you're a naughty little child being punished. Um, so who's below that? Gravely... Um, gravely, it actually doesn't work on you. Actually, I'll just say like, you did not hear the suggestion. It didn't kind of like enter your mind. So you see several of your partners turn and face the wall. And like, you're very much the people who defeated it know that like they overcame this and you're just like, what was going on? This looks like a nice wall. <laughs> so who was that? Who it's Randall and is anybody else? Okay, so it's just Randall that suddenly turns and faces the wall. Huh, maybe there's some stuff in this wall I could take out of it. Next up in the order is Riggs. I think he's going to cast Haste on Branch. What's the room look like that we're in? Like, Yeah, it's generally rectangular. The long length of the rectangle is to your right and left. Because it's rectangular, it's definitely like a carved room, but it has the feeling of kind of a cave. And remember, the fortress that you've entered is very much like built into a mountain. So even though you haven't like walked deep down a stairwell or like a ramp, 
it has the feeling as if you like did go down into the earth, but what you've actually done is the kind of the feeling that you've walked pretty far back in the mountain. Surrounded by stone, the back wall, especially of this big rectangular room, is kind of porous, looks like it's kind of more pure rock, um, but somebody has kind of like carved this whole room out of the mountain. Maybe there was like cave here before and they kind of like squared it off. Um, there's a few pillars, so there are kind of like things to walk around, hide behind, and the ceiling's about, we'll say, 40 feet up. Lengthwise, so let's create some dimensions. So 40 feet up, um, 60 feet wide, and 40 feet deep, all covered in fog. And there's torches. Branch, you have haste. Riggs is definitely thinking of you in terms of, like, guy who can turn into bear, um, since Sars is not a wolf anymore. He's going to do a bonus action thing uh, also, but uh, you're not sure what it is. He kind of pulls down his great hammer i believe that he has and kind of squares off to looking at john fletcher and next person is randall randall is staring at the wall i don't know that you get to save on the same turn i think it's at the end of his turn right yeah that would make sense so you're gonna skip your action but you can uh do re-roll your wisdom save <laughs> nine oh. <laughs> this is a good wall guys <laughs> what, what's going he literally on? like turned around and is facing like the door you came in that's now closed it's, like totally not looking at the action all right so that's randall's turn he is still stunned and we move on to gravely oh my gosh jonathan fletcher is in front of us yep and the thing that i had to roll before there's still no um i don't know what that the only I... effect of that is that the door opened ah okay well great so i Assume everything's fine. It was pretty also straightforward that like something, whoever was chosen, that that would be bad. So like, you're not comfortable, but like, you know, you haven't figured out what it meant. Okay. Well, I'm going to cast Hunter's Mark on John Fletcher and, and then gravely will attack him twice. My longbow. Okay. Roll those two attacks. 17. And roll the second one too. 20, dirty 20. Uh, And go ahead and roll damage for both of those. Okay. 37 uh, total damage. Between the two, the, that's both attacks together? So that's both attacks, Hunter's Mark, uh, damage, and uh, Colossus Slayer On once he's below his, assuming it did any damage and it's below, he's below his maximum hit points on the second attack. Okay. You might have to refigure a little bit of that because this is what okay. happens. So, okay. You fire off your arrow and as it's firing, you're kind of in the habit of two attacks. So you notch your other arrow and let it go. And as the first arrow hits, he kind of flicks his wrist and you see a little something open up and there's no reaction of like an arrow hitting him, but the other arrow is on his way and he does kind of the other thing with the different like flick of the wrist and uh, Sarsa and Branch you look down and realize there's arrows in your chest. So I need you to recalculate those damage. The first uh, one hitting Sarsa and the second me. one hitting Branch. He teleported my arrows? That's lame. I mean, that's cool, but that's, that's a dirty <laughs> trick. Okay, well, the first one was... So you don't have Hunter's Mark on her. You can take that off. So just like the core damage. and if, Are, are you all at... Uh... Are y'all at full hit points? I'm at more than full hit points. Okay. So it doesn't apply. I think Sarsa is because she was taking werewolf damage and now she's regular Sarsa. So I don't think either of them would take Colossus Slayer. They're both just going to take their arrow damage. So the first one hits who? 
Sarsa. So 15 piercing damage. Sorry. And then the second one was 10. It's it's piercing. I don't know if that matters. Wait, what the what? 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 Where did? Oh, no. Sarsa, Branch, are you okay? Oh, g- Gravely, what the heck? I didn't shoot you. I shot at him and he he bamfed it over. It, well, you hit us. I did, that was a mistake. You wouldn't fully. I don't know that like Sarsa and Branch would like have in. It, that's just a confusing thing to happen for everybody. Because there's no sense at all that Gravely was aiming anywhere near you. So the only association is like Gravely has arrows and there's an arrow in my chest. But how could that possibly be? Yeah true but it's just chaos gravely probably has more of a horrific seeing his arrows disappear he has more of kind of a horrific image of like oh my god i think those might have been my arrows and maybe it is because of the uh, three that happened okay I, I i guess i'm just gonna uh get closer to a pillar and kind of use it to hide if i need to so we'll say you kind of dash into the room and run to the closest pillar on the right, kind of get behind it. You have room to do that. Uh, now Jonathan Fletcher's turn comes up. Uh, he's uh, two things happen. One is that uh, all of you, as this ghostly fog at your feet uh, sort of like flows into the room and flows all around, skeletal hands reach up out of it and grasp at anything they can reach, which is most of your feet. And everybody will make a dexterity saving throw. 11. Cool. 10. 12. 10. 15. I pretty bad, actually. Uh, See, so you are all restrained, and you all take 3d6 bludgeoning damage. Oh, but, I'll, but Gargamel will only take half. I rolled 3d6, and I got an 8. Well, Zach's going to roll it. Mine is going to be 12. Let's just take 8 damage for everybody. <laughs> Eight damage and half for Gargamel. Um, so that is a layer action in this room. There will uh, Jonathan Fletcher is also going to cast Cloud Kill, a twenty foot radius sphere of poisonous yellow green fog centered on a point he chooses, which is going to envelop him, obscuring your view of him. But it's twenty foot radius, so um, he's going to center that so that it hits most of you. Maybe Gravely is just on the outside of it. Um, but it's going to fill up this room that you're in and most of the room like that you'd step directly in. So you're going to have to get pretty far to clear this, but you're all in it initially. You must make a constitution saving throw. We're hitting all the saving throws in this turn. 25. Oh Finally, Eight. a good roll. 19. Uh, Randall and Sarsa will serve. Will uh, save. We'll survive. <laughs> yeah, hopefully everybody survives. What do you have to roll on? Concentration to keep it. <laughs> oh, to keep concentration, you just have to roll a ten on a constitution s- constitution check. Check, check. Maybe it is a safe. Well, Gargamel Ooh. goes away. We lost dear Gargamel. Yeah, we barely knew him. No. Um, the damage is going to be five d eight or half five d eight if you survived. If you uh, saved, uh, that's going to be twenty eight damage. Only fourteen if you saved. Gravely's not affected. Randall is affected, but uh, that actually knocks you out of the... So it's half damage for you, but also the damage knocks your knocks out your suggestion. So you snap out of it. Wow, that's a good guess. Wow, um, it's bad guess. 
And oh. don't breathe it. Oh. I want to. I want to analyze it. I gotta. I gotta it's learn how to good. make my own. <laughs> nope. Nope. This is bad gas. So pretty horrifically, all of the entry chamber is filled up with this like noxious gas. You're also being restrained by skeletal hands, so your movement's restricted. You're going to have to break that to get out of it, and the gas is in a lot of where you'll be entering into this big room to escape it. And it's now Tiburon's turn. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> what check do I need to make to get unrestrained? Let's just say you're going to make a strength or dexterity roll to try to break it. Okay. I'm going to make a, a strength and that will take an action or half your movement. Uh, let's have it take half my movement. Arr. All right. Is a 25 going to succeed? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Boom shatter. Yeah, strong guy. Arr. Jonathan Fletcher is in the cloud itself of, of the poison gas. You probably can't see him because gas, but he was standing kind of right in the middle of this chamber that's in front of you. You're still standing in the little mini chamber where the dice rolled. So you haven't kind of stepped into that yet. Could I intuit like where he is? Like what I would I remember from seconds ago, like the exact. Yeah. Assuming he didn't like move a lot. You could definitely like run to he would be like 25 feet away. Maybe it's time for some magic boys. And um, Tiburon is going to cast expeditious retreat on himself. Um, which uh, the bonus action, the spell allows you to move at an incredible pace when you cast the spell, and then as a bonus action on each of your turns until the spell ends, you can take the dash action. Cool. So I will dash Naruto run straight at uh, Jonathan Fletcher and see if I can reach him, or roughly where I believe he might be. So your bonus action, because of that, is gonna bonus action is gonna cast a spell. You're gonna be able to dash. Yes. The, what is, the what's, what's our economy? The, spell, the 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 casting of the spell makes the dash action happen. But in subsequent turns, for you can still 10 take minutes, a dash action. I can take it as a bonus action. Yep. Nice. All right. So you do that. You surge forward, and you're kind of you know you're looking through dense yellow, gross gas, trying to try not to breathe it too much, and you get to. As you're approaching him, he's not exactly where he was before, but you kind of like glimpse. Actually, roll a roll a perception check as you're kind of running up. Uh, Sixteen. Yeah. So as you're running up, he's not exactly where you're expecting him, but you kind of like catch a glimpse of of a figure moving about, and so you're able to adjust course and get up to. As you're running in the deep clouds, you can't for sure know, but you assume this figure is probably Jonathan Fletcher, kind of like off to the left. He's moved a little bit. Um, what do you want to do? Uh, I will uh, take an attack. Let's let's uh, take out my scimitar and short sword and just go. <clears throat> 20. No, and dang. then a 14. 20 hits, 14 misses. Okay. Roll damage. So that'll be 13 damage. All right. Assuming I'm hitting Jonathan Fletcher. Otherwise, I'm, I'm sorry to anyone I might be hitting. Here. <laughs> As you connect, yeah, you're pretty confident. As you get closer and, and crash into him with your sword, you're pretty confident that was him. Does uh, that, that use up all your actions? That is it for me. Okay, next up we have Sarsa. 
Cool. So we got skeleton hands that have poked up. Was that like just a one-time thing or are they still there? They are still there. Okay. You can do a strength um, or dexterity check to get re- get loose from that if you want to. But there are all these skeleton hands and they're impacting. Am I the last one? But everybody else is still, there's like other people that are restrained, right? Yeah. Rendell and Branch, I believe, unless you saved before and you are all restrained. I'm, I'm restrained too. Am I uh, Yeah, R- Gravely to... is also restrained. Also, that's just a quality, just sort of a being gas yourself recently. You're aware that like, uh, you know, air and movement restricts gas. So like this, this noxic, noxious gas that's around you, if not also the fog could be affected by like wind effects, things like that. That's probably on your mind as well. So you got a lot of, you got a lot of restraints that you could try to go at here. Okay. Well, you now you got my head going on the wind thing because that's a thing I could do, but I could also sources into wind. <laughs> I have been accused of being long-winded in the past a time or two. Yes, cleric, come on, <laughs> pass the gas. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and well, I'm going to. All right, well, normally it takes a pint or two before I I start. Get long-winded over here, but, but we'll go, we'll go now. And I'll go ahead and I'll cast um, Gust of Wind because our DM was so subtle in uh, cluing me onto that. And I'll cast that as a, I'll just do it as a second level. So I think that's all I need. Yeah, I'm going to point it directly towards Randall since I think he needs it the most. Uh <laughs> And basically, any creature that starts its turn in the line, uh, it's a 60-foot line, um, must succeed on a strength, strength saving throw, or they get pushed 15 feet away from me in a direction following the line. So kind of turning around and directing that towards Randall, who's still in the vicinity of facing the wall, I'll say catches him and Branch uh, in that kind of like pushback effect. If you want to roll that strength saving, those strength saving throws. Five. Hmm. Randall. Three. Okay. Oh, they God. both. <laughs> you remember when dice had higher numbers than five on them? <laughs> <laughs> so you're all still in this kind of like smaller chamber. Sarsa unleashes a massive gust of wind. The two little, the little branch and little Randall just both go flying to the side against the wall. And the like huge blast of gust of wind also hits that wall and kind of like swirls around and pushes back and just sort of like whirls pull through that room, which cumulatively has the effect of of largely certainly in that room, but in a fair bit of the rest of the room, dispersing this cloud kill gas. Now, if I was pushed, did the skeleton hand that's holding me come? Uh, yeah, I'll say that. Like, yeah, the the gust of wind was strong enough to actually blast you both free of the skeleton hands. So Sarsa skeleton hands are still on you. Uh, Randall and Branch are free. Uh, So when we get to you, you won't have to deal with that. The gust of wind, as far as the fog on the floor, like moves it around, but it kind of like refills quickly. It doesn't like totally disperse the ground fog. So uh, those of you that still have skeletal hands on, you still have it. Um, anything, what's next for Sarsa's turn? 
can I, I mean, that's my action. Can I attempt to, like, kick off the skeleton hand with my movement? Or Yeah, you can still do the strength or dexterity save. Stars is not exactly subtle, so I'll do it as a strength. And that's going to be, ooh, a 21! Crunch. You are free. Half your movement is gone, though. Huzzah. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go towards Jonathan Frakes. Okay. Uh, you, how much movement do you have left with half your movement? My normal movement would be 30, 30? so it'd be 15 feet. Okay, so you don't make it all the way up to the, the, the wind disperses the clouds enough that you can see Tiburon, uh, that's a channel spell, by the him. way. So I still, I still have wind, uh, on my next turn, I could move the, the wind, cast. But nice. I, all right. Yeah. Just FYI. So you walk forward into the main chamber and see Tiburon fighting, uh, JF. And um, let's see. You still have a bonus action left if you want to do anything. Chilling. That brings us to Branch. Uh, I am f- I am free of all restraints now. And yes, un un. And you just smashed against the wall. <laughs> I'm gonna cast Conjure Elemental, not Conjure Minor Elemental, but Conjure Elemental uh, <laughs> at uh, just behind Fletcher. Uh, I have 90 feet to do that. And I'm going to bring up a uh, Earth Elemental. Okay. They get their own initiative. Do you want to just give them the same initiative as the Gargoyle, or you want me to roll for them? Sure. Which Does your Earth one? Elemental have a name? Eddie. We'll say, well, same initiative as uh, Gargamel. Okay. Which is three. Yeah. All right. So, Eddie. It's going to go after you anyway. Uh, I bring him up more or less behind Fletcher, Jonathan Fletcher. And okay. then uh, I... So Tiburon uh, sees an earth elemental rise out of the earth. Jonathan Fletcher yeah. probably hears it, but does not like see it. Then I run up to Jonathan Fletcher, <laughs> use my bonus action to turn into a giant scorpion. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to use the claws on him. Claws. Uh, that's a, must uh, be a sub clause. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dirty 20 to hit. Mm. Going to hit. Okay. Super muddy. Uh, eight bludgeoning damage. And uh, the target is grappled unless he beats my DC of 12. DC in what kind of role? It doesn't say, but I assume strength or dex. 17 would be the strength roll. So you can pick him up. He's got resistance to bludgeoning damage, so that'll be halved. But yeah, I guess he's grappled until he has a chance to wiggle out of that. And that will wrap up Branch's turn, which takes us to Eddie. The elemental. Oh, yeah. Eddie. Okay. Uh, hey, get him. There. Telepathically tell him to get Fletcher. And then he is going to make some attacks. You're telepathically talking to an earth elemental, which sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of rock noise. He's going to do two slam attacks. The first is an 18 to hit. Hit. All right, and the second will be a... Probably because he's restrained, you have advantage, but the 18 hits regardless. And then 16 uh, is the other... Or not 16. 26 is the other one. And I wouldn't have gotten a natural 20 on anything. Okay, so that's two hits. 28 uh, bludgeoning damage. That rocks. That's Eddie's turn. You're not the only one who could do bad puns. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's going to take us around to the top of the order. Tiburon, make a wisdom saving throw. You have advantage. And I have advantage on it, yes. All right. 
Save me wisdom. Sweet. <laughs> well, uh, both rolls came out the same. 18. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah. The save DC is 18. <sighs> oh, You baby. succeed. Meets it, beats it. Barely. Wisdom. So you have this overwhelming sense of, I mean, similar to the stand and face the wall, but even more direct to you, just like gnawing into the center of your brain, you feel somebody attempting to take control, to just like take over your consciousness and rule you. And it almost does, but you are able to throw it off and push it off. And specifically, you have... You'd have been listening to Jonathan Fletcher talk through these like projections and things, and you're fighting him and you're staring right at him. And he seems pretty distracted by the scorpion and the earth elemental and you. It doesn't feel like it's him. It feels like it's someone else attempting to like infiltrate your mind in that way. But regardless, you're able to shake it off. Moving on, next up, it's Riggs. Riggs is going to run forward. He's going to um, charge forward. He's going to cast Hunter's Mark on Jonathan Fletcher and uh, attack him with his maul, his plus one maul. Careful, he might teleport. Uh, I assume he has two attacks at this point. So he's going to successfully hit him twice with this uh, big maul that he carries. Get right up there in the mix. And that will move on to Randall. Who is conscious, not facing the wall, not covered in clouds, and not held on to by uh, skeleton hands at the moment. Ah, it's all coming up Randall now. Uh, Randall's going to uh, open up his big bag and he's going to dig around a little bit. And he's going to pull out um, like a big, uh, like a metal rod. And he's going to very quickly... Uh, open up a, a bottle that he has inside. He's going to pull out the cork and he's going to splash it on it. And it's kind of sizzles and, and, and uh, like fumes up a little bit. And he uh, takes it and he puts it in his uh, guitar string and he pulls it back and he aims it at Jay Fletcher uh, and he uh, lets go. And he's going to uh, shoot an acid arrow, a Melf's acid arrow at him. Ooh, Nice. What does that mean? Let me roll the attacks. Oh, no. Uh, 11 to hit. Mm, miss. <clears throat> it hits Eddie. No, not Eddie. All right. But it splashes um, against him because his AC is rotten. <laughs> Probably doesn't hurt Eddie. He's made out of stone. He's made out of stone. It's okay. It wasn't aimed at him. And his AC is oh, okay. 17, so I think it still would have missed. All right, so it's going to uh, sail over him. Unfortunately, it misses, but uh, part of the disgusting, uh, as it's like whipping out of control, it's going to whip some of the uh, liquid off onto Jay Fletcher, and he'll take uh, five damage from that. So that's five acid, acid damage. damage. Yes. Half damage on a save, I assume? Yep. And that's it. No follow-up damage or anything. Lots of sizzling. And then he's going to uh, strum a little bit. And he's going to say, fighting fascists wherever they hide. That's our team, and we won't die. And he's going to give bardic inspiration to Tiburon. <laughs> uh, Eddie <laughs> and one of the scorpion's claws all like raise up in the horns. <laughs> nice. 
It's just the claw. Yeah, not. But one of them has has Jonathan Fletcher in it. I think still. That's true. He only has one available claw. <clears throat> All right, that's Randall and uh, Gravely. You're next. All right. Um, I'm scared to try to try to shoot this guy again, but um, all right, I'm going to do something I've never done before. <laughs> it doesn't work. I'm sorry. Um, uh, and I'm going to Gravely's going to grab his little uh, symbol that he's got around his neck, um, and and he's going to say, "All right, um, you know I've been working on been working on this. I've been working on it. Please, please let me do this." Um, and he's going to cast. Um, his hand out and uh, to the, let's say, left, uh, his right of Jay Fletcher, a uh, large, uh, beefy, uh, orc looking gentleman um, with a kind of semi intimidating tusks, um, glowing with a sword. He kind of looks like gravely, but bigger normal size and just buff. Uh, he's got kind of Gravely's haircut and he's like, and it's a guardian of faith, but he's kind of like transparent and spectral. Um, so, so Gravely cast guardian of faith, but it's like a bigger, cooler, like looking version of him. <laughs> um, All right. I'm going to call him Toomley. Toomley. Okay. Gravely and um, nice. So uh, he is, um, Occupying this space, and when it's uh, when it's Jay Fletcher's turn, he's gonna have to make a deck save, but not until his turn. It says um, for the first time on on a turn. Uh, so you summon Guardian of Faith. Tombly is now present. Next up, we have Jonathan Fletcher. Okay, um, he's he's got to make a. Dexterity saving throw. He's within and also feet. he's restrained. Or grappled. He's grappled. This is oh, I know what I can do. Sorry, sorry Zach. Uh, can I make a sure. check, a movement check to get out of my skeletal hand? Oh, yes. You should do that. Heck yeah. Nope. It's <laughs> a seven. Mm. Ah! Get him, Tumley. Still gripping, so you actually take another 3d6 bludgeoning damage from ah. the skeletal hands grabbing and twisting at you, so go ahead and roll that. 10 damage. Jay Fletcher needs to make a deck save. So that is an 18. Oh, that'll, that'll succeed. Oh, but half damage. 10 radiant damage. How is it uh, doing that? What's that look like? Um, it's going to kind of raise up its spectral uh, sword and slash down at Jay Fletcher with a radiant strike. It hits him, Tiburon. Take 10 radiant damage. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, I see what's going on here. I see what's going on. I'm so sorry. I think I know what's happening. Uh, moving on to Jonathan Fletcher's turn. He is going to... Um, he's going to cost Thunderstep. That's extra bad. That's bad for... 
everybody. And he's going to bloop right out of the scorpion's claws, and everyone within 10 feet of him is going to make a constitution saving throw. Let's count that up. That's going to be Eddie the Elemental, Tiburon, the uh, Scorpion Branch, I think Sarsa's within 10 feet, uh, and Riggs. Gravely is not. Oof. I don't think Randall is. 3d10 thunder damage if you did not save, which is going to be All right, so 18. For the earth elemental. Right, uh, branch fails, but Eddie succeeds. Way to go, Eddie. Which is extra good because he's vulnerable to thunder. Well, he's going to take half damage, which means he takes full damage, right? Yeah. Hey, which is better than him taking double damage. Double damage, yes. The thunder can be heard from up to 300 feet away, which is real loud in this stone chamber. You're not immediately aware of where he went. All right, full damage is 15, half damage, 7. Thunder, if you have any resistance in play. Tumly does not take damage. Good job, Tumly. As a rule or because? He he. Just it says the only way he goes away is after he deals a certain amount of damage himself. Okay. Okay. And uh, my concentration is still up. Ba- bad things happen if oh. I lose control of the elemental, so I'm, I'm being real diligent about checking. Okay, interesting. Um, so Jonathan Fletcher, Fletcher has teleported away somewhere. You don't immediately see where it is. You kind of hear his voice sort of thundering through this chamber. You chose this. You could have walked away. I will stop at nothing to protect me and my family. This can only end one way. And then a firestorm begins, so everybody make a dexterity saving throw. Grant still has haste. Dexterity saving. Six. Nineteen. Branch. Do I have disadvantage because I'm still grappled? Uh, seems reasonable. Yeah, (laughs) I think you're, I mean, you're strained, so I'm pretty sure like your, your movement is zero. So I'm pretty sure that leads to disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. 21 for Randall. Success for Randall. Okay. So you, if you are, uh, below 15, you're going to take 15 damage. If you are, no, if you are above 15, (laughs) you'll take 15 damage below 15. You will take 30 damage. A storm made up of sheets of roaring flame appears in a location all around this area. It consists of 10-foot cubes of fire falling down on you. Gravely, one hits you squarely, uh, and you don't take damage. What is happening? These are they're fire? Uh, yeah, fire. So if you have fire resistance, you can half whatever you had. Even with my resistance, I didn't because I didn't save. That's not great. How's everybody looking right now? You got hit by a lot of stuff. Pretty bloody. Yeah, Tiburon's pretty beat up. The scorpion looks a little beat up. Uh, The elemental Randall. Good to go. I don't know what everybody's problem is. I'm feeling fine. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to Tiburon's turn. Um, You said Jonathan Fletcher disappeared or moved somewhere, right? Yeah. Okay. So not not clearly visible where where they might be in the room. No, if you want to look for him, go ahead and do a investigation check. Um, I'll go ahead and do that. Hmm. All right. Nice. 25. So you look around for where he might be, and you don't see any figures, but there is this fog everywhere, and you actually, with a very high perception, 
spot two places on either side of the chamber where it looks like a figure might be standing because the fog is swirling around it. So it looks like there's actually two invisible feet with a very high perception check. You look around and you suspect there are two invisible figures in this chamber and you pretty much know where each of them are and they're in opposite directions. Are they both within dash reach? Like, are they are they both within 60 feet or is one closer than the other? The chamber I said was only 60 feet at its like farthest length. So definitely, okay. yes, you can dash wherever you need to. Is one farther than the other? Like, could other members of the party more easily reach one of the figures than the other? Uh, they're roughly equidistant from you. I will say just like generally speaking, <laughs> they're about even. People are all over the right. place, slightly on right. fire, swirling with fog, coughing cloud gases. But if you if you could pinpoint each of them for everybody, some other people could definitely get to the other one. Okay, got it. Before I go off running, I just look at Branch Scorpion and I tell him, you know, I, I point over in the direction. Take the one on the left. I'll take the one on the right. And I make a run for the, the figure on the right side. Okay. Uh, Branch Scorpion, roll a uh, some kind of intelligence check to like interpret, like take the one on the left for Tiburon gesturing to two invisible figures that he was only able to notice. Interwiz. I make the letter L and then the claw. <laughs> What's an intelligence skill? Is insight intelligence? I think it's I think that's wisdom, which would actually make Incense sense for wisdom. this. Should I just do that? Well, what's good? It says doing so involves gleaning clues from body language, speech habits, and changes in mannerisms. It seems like sure. Do insight uh, with advantage because he was trying to communicate this. Twenty-four. <laughs> All right, you got it. Uh, you don't really understand what that is, but you look at where he gestured and you see the same thing he saw. You can kind of really pinpoint where this figure over to the left is likely standing. Right on. So Tiburon makes a beeline, dashes over to that figure on the right. You're there. What are you going to do? Can I see before taking actions or is it so foggy I'm just going to have to wing it? You get up into the fog and you see where the like figure you're confident is standing because there is no fog, like very distinctly, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you can see the outline of kind of like two legs. And so you know right where it is. You can't see it because it is, in fact, invisible. Oh, got it. All right. What you're looking at actually in the fog is it's not really a footprint. It's almost like somebody standing on stilts. It's weird. It's more like two little like sticks <laughs> into the ground. Huh. Can I take aim at those stilts or sticks? Yeah, I mean, do you want to hit like at the feet? What you can you can only see the like outline of the bottom foot of the figure. So presumably there's person above that. Like you want to hit take aim at like where the humanoid kind of like core would be, or do you want to hit the feet? Where do you want to go at? Let's go with the feet. Okay. Yeah, you can do that so with an attack. I'll do an attack, baby. First one is going to be 19. And haha, second one is 23, baby. Both of those will hit. Yes. So one is 13 and the other one is 12. Damage? <laughs> yes. First one hits and knocks this figure off their uh, feet. And so you see the whole like humanoid shape kind of smashed down into the 
fog. Uh, and then you like slam down into the figure that you can very clearly see and you hit it again. And that will disrupt concentration. And what you see appear in front of you is a satyr. Satyr, like a uh, goat on the bottom half. That explains the kind of stilts. It has like goat legs and like humanoid top half. Pointy ears looking like real scared and upset about you. Oh, dear. <laughs> would would Tiburon recognize satyrs or would he be like strange goat man? Let's see. I don't know how common they are. You haven't like run into satyrs in like towns and stuff. There was, I believe, in season five, <laughs> there was like a riddle telling satyr in the yes. uh, one of the things. I don't think Tiburon was there though. So no, I don't think that's relevant. Idea. So yeah, I would say like you have a yeah, like weird goat half bottom thing. Like maybe you're maybe you've heard about, maybe you've read stories, but like nothing you've seen before for sure. I found the goat beast. I yell at the others. It's looking real bloodied, beat up. More so than actually the two hits that you gave it. Like it looks like it's already been kind of beat up previously. Mm. It's got other injuries and things that are happening. Interesting. That have happened earlier. Fresh looking. Would any of those injuries resemble being held by a scorpion claw or hit by a scimitar? Investigation roll. Okay. All right. Ah, a seven. A seven, you said? Seven, yeah. I mean, on that specific question, because like you just watched the scimitar and the scorpion attack on Jonathan Fletcher, like it doesn't look like it. You wouldn't think that. You have no idea for sure. Like you get nothing definitive, but there's definitely some injuries that for sure don't line up with any of those things. Got it. Got it. All right. That'll do it. And that uh, brings us to Sarsa's turn. Oh, that's me. Heidi, heidi ho. Heidi, heidi. ho. So I'd Chicken like Cox to... Chicken really got into Jen's head about Sarsa's <laughs> voice. <laughs> I, she, it's just such a mess this season. Like, <laughs> Sarsa's having a little bit of an identity crisis. This, like, werewolf thing is just too many layers. Uh, <laughs> And she doesn't get to make fun of Jarek as much, so she really just doesn't know what to do with herself. I'm going to take my little uh, arm of wind. Like, because th- these, like, there's, like, fog over here still, or no, right? Like, over near where Yes, the there's still kind of fog everywhere, and your gust of wind, I mean, the gust of wind is presumably blowing continuously, and it's... I basically have, like, a reverse hoover on, like, the end of my hand. Yeah, I would say, like, exactly where it is, you can mostly blow the fog away, but as soon as you move that gust, it, like, fills in. This fog is a lot thicker than the cloud kill gas was. Yeah, so, but I want to, like, I want to, like, basically I'm going to whip it around, like, the side that is not populated by, like, ribs and rigs and branch, and, like, I'm going to basically whip it around through, like, those big tufts of fog, and then eventually... Uh, hopefully have it settle in on uh, our satyr friend here um, and see if it pushes them back or at least, you know, it's a nice like hair drying action. Give them Mm -hmm. some volume. So that would end up being a strength saving throw for Tiburon and the satyr. I could feasibly probably because it's 10 feet wide, but I'm coming around the side that Timron's not on. If I'm coming around that backside, you get right in there. Like, I don't think I'm going to give you that. I think you don't have enough control to like 
I mean, Tiburon ran towards it, so his back is probably to you. I don't think you have quite Chris enough room. Chris is going to get a GUI though. for gassing under the influence. <laughs> Tiburon's stuff. He has strength. If he's going to succeed on something, he's going to succeed on a strength saving throw. It's only right. like being thrown 15 feet or whatever. It's not damage. You can do that. It's a 15 to be the save DC. Sater doesn't look as strong. Oh, yeah. Straight 20, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Tiburon stands strong and like all around him between his legs, his hair blows forward and everything. This satyr just goes like flying back towards the back of the uh, chamber here. Probably far enough. I think it's 15 feet you can be thrown. Like I think he goes flying back, kind of slides against the ground, but like he hits the back wall 15 feet away from Tiburon where he was. Got the Wilhelm scream as he goes off. <laughs> yeah. That was my bonus action, but we don't see where Jonathan Ferdinand went. You don't specifically. Scorpion Branch is moving towards him because he was able, Tiburon specifically told him, like, over there. Um, but you don't specifically see that, no. Um, I'm just going to yell out, like, I don't know where to go! I'm blasting the satyr, but what should I do? If anybody wants to answer, you can. Uh, get the satyr. <laughs> right. Um, then I'm going to look at the satyr, and I'm going to cast uh, Sacred Flame. And that's going to be, it has to be a, a dex save throw. Didn't roll well. Dex save 12. Yeah, that's not going to do it. So he's going um, so to some radiant burning. going to be... 3d8. I got 19. How's that sound? That seems that like a real great. good 3d8 yeah. roll. So. Yeah, that sounds great. Sorry, I realized I hadn't <sighs> upgraded this since I leveled up, but yeah, that's better than. Yep, let's do that. <laughs> that's a 5 plus a 6 plus an 8 on a 3d8. That was good. Yep, he gets blasted. Burning fire rains down from above and lights him up. He looks really messed up. And I still have my. Uh, my hando wind going. Going. I've blown on him. Hair dryer effect. All right. Is that your turn? Uh, I'll go ahead and I'm going to walk slowly in his direction. I'm only going to go like half so that I'm equidistant as Tiburon. So I'm like side by side with Tiburon. Okay. And that's my turn. Next up would be Branch. So I'm going to go towards wherever that second shape you said that I mm-hmm. saw was. But I don't know where that is because it's invisible. Uh, on it's on the yeah. left. All right, and I'm still hasted, so I should definitely that, no problem. I'm going to claw attack the thing I can't see. Sixteen to hit, miss. Second claw attack, twenty three to hit. hit. Thirteen bludgeoning damage, and that creature is grappled. Is that the whole? It just is, but it can save on its. That's what it says. Throw. It, it can escape on its turn. Okay, so it is uh, grappled by the scorpion. It remains invisible, but as a scorpion, you can feel it. So I've got two more attacks I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to do my stinger attack. Ah, that's going to miss. And then, using my hasted action, I'm going to do another stinger attack. Man, super fast-moving scorpion is definitely nightmare fuel. I know, right? Dirty 22 to hit. Hit. (laughs) 10 piercing damage. And then roll a constitution saving throw. Uh, hi, 21. So it'll succeed, but that means it only takes half of whatever I'm about to roll here in poison damage. So half of 15 poison. Ouch. And then 
Uh, I'm going to use my bonus action to restore some of my hit points. I'm going to expend one of my third level spells slots to regain some hit points. This thing remains invisible through all that. Scorpion Branch, you feel it kind of like grab onto your claw. Assuming scorpions have some sort of sensory receptors in their claws. I don't really know. You'd have to ask a scorpion. It's like triple. Yeah. What's your uh, AC? Scorpion AC. Ooh, it doesn't matter. He rolled a nat 20. Um, So you're going to take, wow, what does that mean? Okay, and I healed for 14. Incidentally, I found it. (laughs) That's good. So make a constitution saving throw. Uh, 21. Mm -mm. Dang. All right. Well, dang. Yeah, okay. (laughs) It's a save DC of 19 and you beat it. I rolled a 19. So, yay. (laughs) That makes up for my twos and threes from earlier. But you're going to take a lot of damage from this still, because it was a crit. And he's still invisible? Still invisible. Succeeded on con saves. You're going to take 39 necrotic damage. Because you succeeded, that is not subtracted from your hit point total. uh, But you will take that damage. Oh, wow. Okay, so I've, I'm going to fall out of scorpion form then, I believe. Give me just a sec. <laughs> i got to reset some things. So you that. feel uh, really awesome scorpion hitting this thing. It's kind of surprising with how much hits and damage you did that it didn't revert from being invisible. And then like you get hit by this necrotic damage and you revert to just branch the goblin holding on to this invisible form with one hand. Uh, still invisible. And that will bring us to Eddie. Eddie Elemental? Yep. Eddie is still under my control. Eh, hit this. <laughs> I kind of like indicate with my hand that I'm holding it. Eddie will lumber over. Clump, clump, clump. Uh, I'll consider this figure no longer restrained since you're just like holding him. Yeah, I think I'm just yeah. holding him. At this you're just point. touching awkwardly an invisible uh, figure. <laughs> yeah. Eh, hey. Uh, all right, so Eddie is going to attack. He's going to do a couple of slams, 23 and 24 to hit. Uh, the first one doesn't, but the second one does. Interesting. Bonus okay. was in play. Cool. And that is 17 bludgeoning damage. Each. All right. And that is going to be that. Still invisible. Jeez. And that will wrap us around to the turn that was this satyr. As you watch this satyr kind of like scramble to its feet. Well, everybody roll uh, Everybody roll an insight. Let's figure out who figures out what. Eight. Nothing. Fifteen. Maybe. Fifteen. Eighteen. Eighteen, Tiburon? That's right. Sarsa, what's your insight? Seventeen. Uh, Branch and Sarsa, both of you intuit like, oh, this is the, the one. This must be who was, who did the turn against the wall thing and and other stuff like this person has been here tiburon you're looking at this satyr and not just like intuiting that but you're also kind of like still looking at these wounds that you can see closer and looking at it scram at it scramble and you kind of put together the like still thinking about the like lining up the wounds and kind of doing like forensic detective work in your mind and you realize oh the wounds line up with what you did to Malkadoth back in the throne room. The the arrow gravely shot into its chest. You suspect strongly that this satyr under it, you mean it seems to have like mind control magic, kind of like illusion kind of stuff. Like it's probably the satyr that was imper- impersonating the big armored Malkadoth figure back then. 
It is a satyr's turn, right? So that's what you're figuring out. It scrambles to its feet. The satyr's going to cast vitriolic sphere. It points at you and a glowing one foot diameter ball of emerald acid streaks at you. And that would be right at Tiburon and Sarsa and explodes in a 20 foot radius sphere. Make a dexterity saving throw. Don't fail. Would there be any impact with the gust of wind that's still active? Interesting. There's a sphere coming at you. I'll give you advantage on the dexterity saving throw. Good, because that was in that one. <laughs> and that's an eight. <laughs> Tiburon, what you got? Nat 20, Ooh, baby. Nice. Vitriolic Sphere is 10d4 acid damage, half on a success. So 24 for Sarsa, acid damage, 12 for Tiburon. Splashing all around you. That is not looking good. And as you kind of like stagger back and like wipe acid off of yourself and everything, uh, you don't see him immediately. Takes us back to Riggs. Um, Riggs is kind of in the middle of everything. So Riggs, if he casts Hunter's Mark, uh-huh. like I did, he has vantage on wisdom checks to find the target. Uh, so that's a good point. He will do that and roll well. It's not super hard to intuit, but he is like very confident that this invisible figure that Branch is grappling with is definitely Jonathan Fletcher. And he will head that way. So he's going to just beeline charge towards Branch and the invisible figure. And on his way, he's actually going to drop his maul down into the fog and pull something out of his belt. Everybody make a perception check. 21. That'll do it. Uh, cut it there. So, Branch, you're, you're seeing him come at you. I'm kind of recognizing it, and you're closest. What he pulls out of his belt is the Heartrend Dagger that he somehow has. And he's hey. running up, and he is going to attempt to plunge that into this invisible figure. Wait, who has that? The, the Seder has this. No, Riggs has that. Riggs has Riggs the Heartrend Dagger? Yeah. What? Oh, Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. That's a little disconcerting. Okay, all right. Well, it's been nice Uh, knowing you guys. I'm out of this season. (laughs) He runs up and he plunges it into presumably the invisible figure, which does become visible at that moment. And it is Jonathan Fletcher, who Branch is just touching awkwardly, not really grabbing onto still. But now he has a dagger in his chest. No, not the babies, not the kids. If you kill children in this season, I'm out. I quit the podcast. Like, I don't, I can't. I'm out. Riggs gets right up on top of him and is staring in his eyes and like forcing this dagger into his chest. And Branch kind of probably staggers back from that and is looking right at them. And Jonathan Fletcher looks down at the dagger and just kind of like looks at him and smiles and says, it doesn't work on anyone twice. Hello, Knights of the World Table, and thank you, as always, for listening. This episode is a week late because, for various reasons, it helps me out scheduling-wise to have our release weeks on the opposite every other week schedule and also a week ago it wasn't ready so i appreciate your patience if you've been waiting with rapt attention a resource i've been wanting to share with you and i'm going to do so this week is called the game master's book of traps puzzles 
and Dungeons. This is not a paid review. They never are. Nobody wants to pay us. Um, but this is a really cool book, and I actually use this as inspiration for the uh, zombie moat room that our players encountered uh, last episode and the episode before that. Um, and the actual puzzle that's in here is not exactly like that, but one of them is um, kind of similar to that room. If you want to know what might have happened if the players hadn't turned into gas, check out this great book, The Game Master's Book of Traps, Puzzles, and Dungeons by Jeff Ashworth. Uh, a lot of people helped out. Uh, three Black Halflings who have a podcast that you also might want to check out are contributors. It's basically a book. It is what it is. What it sounds like, it is a book of traps, puzzles, and dungeons. So if you love creating traps, puzzles, and dungeons, uh, maybe you don't need this. But if it's kind of a pain, you don't really like it, kind of like me, but like you feel like you should have some, it's a really great resource and inspiration. There's uh, chapters for painful traps, deadly traps, complex traps, rhymes and riddles, ciphers, gateway puzzles. There's a couple of one-shot adventures in it. It's a really nice book. It's got maps and all sorts of cool stuff. And this is the exact kind of resource that would not be able to exist under the changes that Wizards of the Coast was trying to make the last couple of weeks and eventually back down from. So um, check that out. It's a very mainstream book. I think I bought mine at Barnes and Noble or something like that. It was like $20 and uh, well worth the money. So uh, the Game Master's Guides, there's a couple of other ones. There's like uh, non-player characters. Similarly, if you love making up NPCs, maybe you don't need it. But if it's kind of a chore, then it's nice to have this book you can just kind of like open up and draw inspiration from or just straight up take a character out of. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. And the best thing you can do if you want to help us out, and it's fairly simple, is leave a five-star uh, rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Here's a couple we've had recently that I don't think I've read. Um... Finch, happy face emoji, uh, says, awesome podcast, mini exclamation points. Your podcast brings me so much joy, entertainment, and inspiration. Thank you, Knights of the World Table. More exclamation points. Thank you so much, Finch. And there's also this review, my favorite podcast ever from Pirate Raccoon. Uh, the review is amazing, exclamation point. Just one word, and that's all we need. That helps us uh, plenty in terms of just more people being able to see the podcast. So, Thank you, Finch Happy Face Emoji, and thank you, Pirate Raccoon, and thank you, everybody else who's left a rating and review. Thank you for everybody who has followed us on this long, long journey through Season 6 and beyond. We appreciate you, so let's get back to the story. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and make life an adventure. We'll take damage, because it does function as a dagger. I think that's Riggs's turn, and it brings us to Randall. I'm so confused. Did he just leave the dagger in him? Currently at this moment, yes. I mean, his hand's on it. Does he still That's happening, yeah. It? Okay, so he didn't just be like... Not a stabby. <laughs> and, and we didn't know that Riggs had this dagger? That was, no, that was never communicated. Though. You did not know. Does Riggs look like the guy that originally had the dagger... Like the execution. Nope, that was a bugbear. But actually, gravely, if you want to roll an insight oh. check, kind of watching this as the stab happens and the interaction happens, gravely, you can roll insight. Okay. Ooh, seventeen. Gravely, you recognize looking at this and going like, "What in the heck is happening?" You think back into the the treasure chamber that you found. So remember the chamber before. This was the portal on one side and the treasure chamber on the other side. Gravely, you grabbed a bunch of stuff and dropped it into your bag of holding. Sarsa was in there. There was like a hat and a buckle and everything. Like 
you realize kind of like thinking back that the box that held the heartrend dagger you're not sure but like it may have been in that room and it would logically make sense if it uh, was in that room oh dang and Riggs was in that room with you you weren't really paying attention yeah. to him at the time because there was magic items everywhere so that brings us to Randall's turn just just gotta blast salt water in the other nostril so it goes around and sprays that sucker out Randall you're up what do you got what has Randall got well we know this satyr's not great in either sense. Right? We know they need to they need to go. You can't quite see where the satyr is. It sort of disappeared when it fired its vitriolic sphere, but you know where it was. Oh, all right. Depending what you have that covers ranges. Randall is going to uh take his guitar and he's gonna uh he's gonna start a little melody and he's gonna say, John Fletcher, you're a jerk. <laughs> You are stinky and nobody likes your work and you're stupid and your head is full of poop and you cannot get the scoop. And he's going to do vicious mockery <laughs> by, by a music. Clearly. That is a wisdom saving okay. throw. DC 15. Uh, he rolled a 14, so I guess that works. Ooh. What you got? Woo! 1d4 psychic damage, which will be 2, but he also has disadvantage on the next attack roll he makes before the end of his turn. So that's something. He seems mildly annoyed by that. A little bit curious. It seems like a lot of buildup for how much damage he encountered. But you have his attention. (laughs) Even despite the dagger in his chest. (laughs) Right. Could you, like, is there anything more... Just you've been <laughs> stabbed by somebody, and then somebody's making fun of it's you. Like a little slap in the face yeah. while you always got a dagger in the chest. <laughs> Randall is going to then reach into his uh pouch and he's gonna kind of he's gonna pull a little jar out and look at it. No, that no, uh uh-uh, uh, no, not not that one. Not that one, not that one. Oh, here it is. And he's gonna uh pop it open and he's gonna drink it and let's find out what it did. <laughs> great and then he uh he drinks and he goes mm, that was good and then he's gonna uh walk over to the middle a little bit and then walk back because he's feeling extra speedy <laughs> so he real quick walks to the middle and, and back yeah okay he goes he goes oh that's good that's good stuff i'm ready to fight end of turn okay all right way to go randall uh, Gravely's turn. <laughs> you got Toomley walking around. Didn't go great. Lots happened since your previous turn. What's Gravely going to do? Toomley's going to walk. I'm going to have Toomley mm-hmm. walk over to me and attack me. Interesting. All right. He just automatically attacks. I'm going to say, well, maybe at least uh, this will get me out of this skeletal hand, which I still can't figure. I, I still can't get out of. So, all right. Hit me. <laughs> and Toomley just goes. Wham! And and hits. Uh, I have to make a... Uh, what did I say? Dexterity save? I'm just going to choose uh, to to miss. So I will take uh, 20, 20 radiant damage. Maybe. Dang. I mean, I have not played through... Figure this out, puzzle in guy. In this mechanic, I have not played through this scenario. If my damage only hits my friends, but my... But 
something that I've created is hitting me, who gets hurt? <laughs> Just an instant TPK. I would say you are able to will it to walk over to you and hit you. Mm-hmm. I feel like separate from like whatever's going on with you, like would your like spirit like hesitate to harm its master? I'm not sure, but we'll we'll figure. There's been so there's some ways wisdom force of will there and you're able to succeed and get it to hit you and so it does and it knocks you backwards out of the skeletal grasp that just goes flying so you kind of go flying backwards and take that damage do you have radiant resistance or anything like nope all right nope we'll take whatever damage it would have given you sweet 20 damage okay you've successfully damaged yourself for 20 radiant Um, damage I'm the gonna, spirit guardian hey, feels real uh, conflicted about it. If they hey, hey, that. don't feel bad. I wanted you to do that. <laughs> it's okay, Tubli. It's okay. Just listen. You, sometimes we have to make sacrifices, and this is a weird situation. All right. I don't want to hurt anyone, so I'm going to try to heal people. Um, but, uh, hopefully this doesn't backfire horribly. Who looks the most hurt? Sarsa. Sarsa? She's uh, she's not looking good. Well, she's she's swaying more than usual. Could backfire horribly. Um, I'm going to cast Mass Healing Word as a bonus action, which will heal everybody for six points. Six people that I can see. So you can get everybody, including Riggs and yourself, assuming it works that Riggs, way. Randall, uh, Tiburon. Yeah, I can get everybody. Do you roll for the healing or do we? Not a lot. Sorry, but. So that seems to something. work. Oh, something. excellent. All right. I did it. <laughs> Didn't hurt anybody. Do I sense that Jay Fletcher is uh, keeping in mind I'm a cleric, partly cleric. Do I get a sense that he's a celestial elemental fey or fiend? Uh, you can make a religion check to try to determine that. Okay. Don't make a lot of religion checks on this podcast. Our most religious Guidance. character is weirdly Sarsa. It doesn't give you that vibe. <laughs> Woman of conviction, all right? Have a lot of feelings about things. <laughs> okay, I got you can uh, be religion, not advertise it. She's not preaching, just a straight 15, no, no buff or anything. Oh, okay, based on everything you've seen him do, uh, you get no particular indication that he would be any of those. You feel relatively confident he's not like fiend or celestial. Faye would be harder to determine, but like, you don't think so. He seems to be, uh, you know, at least like kind of like have necromancer kind of qualities, but that doesn't make him necessarily like undead himself or anything like that. But that seems to be his vibe. I mean, I already cast a spell. I'm going to take out this potion that I found and look at Randall and said, well, worth a shot and I'll drink it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's the spirit. Drink random potion that I found in treasure room. All right. Give me a minute. Turn of randomness. I briefly considered shooting myself with an arrow, but I, I didn't think that would uh, do as much. That's what I thought you were going to do. Toomley feels real bad. Roll a d6. Okay. Six. Oh, dang. <laughs> uh, you don't know this, really. You just know uh, you feel real, real strong. It was a potion of storm giant strength. Oh, your strength is now 29 for one hour. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay, well, I great. feel real strong. What the? Ooh. Uh, 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 
Wow. That, that's some good cucumber water. This potion's transparent liquid has floating in it a sliver of fingernail from a storm giant. That's you kind of notice on the bottom of the vial as you drink it down, like, what is that? Like, oh, <laughs> oh, that doesn't seem like a twist of rind. Or, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel real strong. All right. All right, Jonathan's Fletcher's turn. Uh, I think he probably grabs onto Riggs's hand, if the, who's still holding a dagger in his chest, and kind of like pulls it out. Riggs is, I think, fairly startled that his like big move of stabbing Jonathan Fletcher with the heart rend didn't pay off, and processing the notion that he seems to have indicated that he's already been stabbed by the heart rend, and who knows what that means. But with one hand, kind of like on Riggs's hand. Um, he's going to point to Sarsa, I think. Sarsa, you're going to make a constitution saving throw. Is he calling his shot? That's a six. Oh, all right. You're going to take a lot of necrotic damage. Oh, we're going to have a problem, gang. Is it more than 19? Because I can save you some rolls. It's going to be more than 19. I'm out. So he points at you. You are overwhelmed by necrotic damage, and you drop to the ground into this fog. And uh, that's probably all anybody sees at this moment, because you sort of disappear into the fog as you wow. fall to the ground. But we'll we'll reconcile that a little bit on your turn, and that will just move us to Debron. To start off, uh, I'll use Second Wind, which means as a bonus action... I can regain 1d10 plus my fighter level worth of... Got some adrenaline going, surging back into you. You heal up a bit. So 17. Okay. Hit points recovered. And then the nearby, the nearest satyr disappeared, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just not where it was before. If it shot the acid sphere right at you, it's distracted you both. And when you kind of like vision clears, you don't see it. Yes. I guess, can I roll an investigation to see if I can find it somewhere sure. in the where I last saw him? Uh, is a 10 <laughs> there? I mean, you look around at least for like, do you see the little hoof print holes again? Maybe he's invisible again, and you don't see anything like that. Looks like kind of solid fog all around. So then I'm going to turn around and run toward Jonathan Fletcher. Is he, is he down on the ground? Like, is he prone? No, he's standing. Riggs is in front of him. Branches right there. I think that's about, that's what's going on closest to him. So. All right. Well, I'm just going to dash over and add my swords to the melee. Uh, 15 and a 13. Uh, both will miss. Both will miss. I'm going to go ahead and take my action surge. So I can take an additional okay. action. Let's do it. Nice. Okay. Now we're talking. Uh, 21. And okay. 14. All right. 21 will hit. Great. 15 damage. Okay. Yeah. Um, in response to that, this is a legendary action. He's going to teleport away. It's not a thunder step or anything. Just like a teleportation out of the engagement with all of you rigs and everybody so he um just sort of like bamps away from you and appears more towards the middle of the chamber uh near where sarsa went down and that'll bring us to sarsa's turn who literally went down into the fog and he reaches down 
and sort of like raises his hand and Sarsa stands up, but it's not Sarsa. Oh. I suppose looking at her, all of you have this like eerie, like you all know Sarsa well, you know how she moves, you know how she thinks, you know how she swaggers. And this version of Sarsa is standing a lot more like the undead guards that you fought back in the chamber. He seems to be in control of this body. And in fact, he gestures it forward, we'll say towards Tiburon that just attacked him. So Sarsa actually moves at his command at them. Uh, he says, strike them. And uh, Sarsa moves forward and attacks at Tiburon. So let's just use Sarsa's attack. Sarsa, uh, roll an attack. Just like melee attack? Yeah. Well, with her mace of disruption, it's an eight. That's going to miss. It. Yeah. Good Good news for you guys. I'm not great with melee attack. <laughs> not a melee fighter. Um, I think all of you, like, that maze of disruption probably makes contact just because it's so startling to see this, like, undead Sarsa shambling towards you, even though it doesn't, like, hit you or damage. All of you are kind of, like, horrified to watch that. Um, and it moves on to Branch's turn. Branch, you're right up there where Sarsa went. You just watched Riggs right in front of you stab Jonathan Fletcher. He teleported away. Uh, gravely, maybe uh, see if you can help Sarsa. And uh, he says, well... Uh, branch runs. I'm gonna say to about in the middle of the room. That's where Jonathan Fletcher is, and he's looking like pretty darn wrecked and desperate. Uh, I want. I want to be. I don't want to be like right up on him. I'm gonna cast a spell okay. at him, so I want to be within thirty feet of him. Okay. Branch scratches like at his neck and like has a flea. Ew. And he like f- flings it at Jonathan Fletcher, and a uh, a cloud of mites. Fleas and other par- parasites appear and uh, go after Ugh. Mr. Mr. Fletcher. That's an uh, infestation. They must succeed on a constitution saving throw versus 17. Fails that on a roll, but he'll use a legendary action to succeed. Is there half damage if he succeeds? No. Oh. All of these bugs uh, run at him, swarm at him, start to overtake him, and you just see him kind of like push them back and hold them at bay. Even though you feel like it should have worked, something, you know, he used something to like will them off. Uh, the bugs are still kind of like, you know, swarming around all over the place. That's scary. Like a bug zapper. It's like, yeah. I think Eddie is next. Yeah. Yeah. Can he reach Fletcher? Yes. Since it doesn't take an action, I think it looks cool. He's going to burrow there. Ooh, nice. Uh, the ground underneath him kind of like gives way and he, he goes underneath and you hear like a rumbling sound and he pops up right next to Jonathan Fletcher. And then he is going to Hulk smash him. He is going to slam him to attacks 23 mm. and a 27. Both will hit 27 bludgeoning damage for both those attacks. Yeah, total. Okay. And then he just like goes, branches, uh, bugs are still over the place. That was ineffective. But then this uh, earth elemental drops into the ground, kind of like morphs into the stone cave ground. You see that kind of like ripple, (laughs) ripple through the ground like a shark through water, but it's an elemental (laughs) through stone. You see where it goes and it erupts right under Jonathan Fletcher and kind of throws him backwards a little bit. And then actually, like, as he throws the air, the Earth Elemental's two, like, fists slam together around him. 
and he drops to the floor, not moving, not doing anything. And you all kind of like stare at that, like a lot's happened. (laughs) You don't know what that means. But like, as you are looking at that, the fog starts to dissipate. The fog everywhere kind of like drops away. Because actually, as he drops on the floor, he disappears, kind of like starts to disappear. But then the fog starts to clear. You see him. and But as the fog clears around him, he starts to transition into the same like physical quality as the fog. Like the fog moves away, but then he starts transforming into a similar fog and his body just sort of like disappears and as you're kind of like looking around you notice that like all the fog is almost getting pulled back into the back wall of this chamber the kind of mountain wall all the fog is like blowing back into like tiny crevices tiny little like it seems like it's porous in some way and it's all getting pulled back into that and he seems to be somehow like disappearing getting pulled back into that It's all pulling back. You all kind of like take your first clear breath at various points around everywhere. You notice a couple of things. One is that uh, the undead quality of Sarsa seems to uh, lift. She kind of like gasps as like good old Sarsa. (gasps) Where's my whiskey? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yes. She gasps and says that and then passes out again. Like she's unconscious, but you seem like... Seems like she'll be okay and not undead. Um, On the other end of the chamber, the fog pulling back reveals uh, the satyr had just like dropped to the ground and hidden in the fog, but then the fog moves (laughs) and the satyr is just like exposed there. You you look at him and like as some of you notice him, he's like, uh, truce. (laughs) <laughs> and this seems nice. This seems like it's going to work well. But then I kind of all of you turn to Gravely. And what Gravely notices is that he is also turning into this fog. Wait, what? You're looking around feeling relieved. And then all of you kind of turn to Gravely at the same time. And he is going through the same sort of transition that you just watched Jonathan Fletcher's body go into. And starting to get pulled towards this porous back wall as well. I'm going to try to grab him. Um, As you kind of rush to him, your hand goes right through him. What? What's happening? Branch's hand goes through you, and that's the last they see, as you just like vanish into a wisp of this fog, and you disappear along with all of it. Gravely's no longer there. The rest of you are there. Sarsa's unconscious. Riggs is still there. This satyr in the corner is staring at you as well, looking very beat up and like very much like, please don't kill me. 